After hours. This is Zero Coverage, and we are the Legion of Zoom. Woo-hoo. I've got Pow out in California. How are you doing? Doing excellent on this football Sunday, and thank you very much. You're welcome. We've got Capo down in Maryland. How's it going, Caps? Hey, how's it going, fellas? What time is it? Game time. <laughs> Game time. Ooh. Yes. And I'm Ant up in Brooklyn. And so we're going to start off. Our first topic of the week, league surprises. First down. Who's playing better than you thought? Who's playing worse? How's it going for your teams, either locally or fantasy-wise? Pal, what do you got? Who's your league surprises so far? Okay, so league league surprises so far. I think it's safe to say as much as I've, you know, it's known that I'm not a Cowboys fan. I'm a Cowboys fan adjacent. Their defense is extremely surprising because they're scoring they have the least amount of touchdowns going into week five and i think even in today's game they only scored did they score two touchdowns they might have they, they might not have only they might have only scored one touchdown today and it was a defensive touchdown and other than that it's been field goal after field goal so like with like a touchdown or two and some field and a grip of field goals they're winning games like quite convincingly because that defense is just a monster right now. So they're one of my surprises. But along with that, I think that the Falcons are very surprising. Seattle's a surprising team. Both New York teams are really surprising. I think the Jets more so than the Giants because the Jets are showing that, hey, they have lots of talent at receiver at the skill position points, and they're not that bad. Although Zach Wilson, I don't think he's the real deal because he's, he's not really doing too much. But – they crushed the Dolphins today, so that was kind of surprising. So, as far as good surprises, I would say that those teams all, you know, are looking pretty good. But the Jags, who everybody thought were America's sweethearts, you know, did two weeks. Did Yikes. not mean did not mean to cut you off like that, pal. But I was gonna, I was reacting to a missed field goal, um, and it looks like the Cardinals are gonna drop the two and three. How big of a disappointment are the Cardinals? Now you you're out west. Like I know you, their your area has beef with the Cardinals. Um, is is are they expecting them to be better than they are because they just missed a field goal with 22 seconds left that would have put tied the game and took it to overtime against the Eagles. Well, the thing about the Cardinals is last year, and this is kind of I think went with the contract issues we saw this past off season is last year they were really if this was if they were playing how they were around this time you know last season. Okay, yeah, it'd be surprising that they're playing really bad, but they're not. They've been playing bad since last season, since the second half of last season. They haven't looked that good. They had a lot of drama with the head coach and with Kyler, so 
you're seeing already this kind of push and pull of who wants more control of the team. And what they have done is because Kyler's kind of pulled things out of his tuchus, if you know what I'm saying. And, it, you know, you can't around. rely on that, that, that too much. Running around for 15 seconds and, and trying to make, you know, completion or, you know, getting, getting three yards. And, and as I'm, so I, we're, we're all over the place. I, I can't do this, this live stuff with, uh, with uh, the red zone on or whatever the channel is that everybody loves, but you're Micah Parsons, as you were just speaking, force fumble that that defense is rolling. Um, but, and I just completely. It's like the third one of the day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's another one. <laughs> yeah. I look around and I, I look at the Cardinals. I mean, the, to me, the, the big thing comes down to is, is the souring on clicks Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury was supposed to be like the darling. He was supposed to come up with like the hot offense and like, making all this stuff and it just everything seems so very vanilla if 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 Kyler doesn't go out and like really like pull some out of his tuchus it just seems they don't know what they're doing they don't they don't seem to be able to put anything sustained together they're waiting for sort of Kyler to come out and and make the sort of unbelievable play and while I do think Kyler has shown that ability to do that to me he's not on the level of Lamar Jackson on you know Josh Allen on Patrick Mahomes where he can do it Every single time it needs to happen. I, I just, I really, I mean, I don't hate the Cardinals in any way, shape or form, but they just seem like a real big disappointment to me. Um, especially since the last couple seasons, they started really strong and had, you know, had problems down the stretch when teams started to sort of get with what they were doing and sort of really hone in on how they were running stuff. But even so early on, they were just, they're just really poor in my opinion. I don't know. Now, now maybe they, they, you know, turn around and finish strong this year when Hopkins comes back in is week six or week eight. I can't remember if it's a six game suspension or an eight. Yeah, game. I was gonna say that's a that's a huge deal because that that guy is such a he's been such an underrated top five receiver. I want to say in this league for a long time. I mean, you think about the number of quarterbacks that he has that he's just been able to get open. Now, Kyler Murray's a, a step above a lot of the guys that he's had. You know, maybe besides Deshaun Watson, um, but like. You know, it just goes to show that when he has that type of weapon available, that the Cardinals are a better team. I don't want to, um, I don't want to, uh, you know, change the subjects too often, but I don't want to, you know, stay on the Cardinals too much. Uh, we can only talk about Kyler so much, right? But uh, yeah, who, like, when you think of the NFC and some of the, the weaker teams or the the teams that you expect to be. Uh, stronger that are more disappointing this year. Um, and did, were there any that you had had in mind? Um, yeah, I mean, I think- for, for for me, for me, the Packers jump out as someone that, that yeah, I mean, they lost today to the Giants, and and we'll cover them later. You know, are the Giants for real or for real for real? Or, but I look at them. I mean, I, I think we continue to live in a world where everyone the analysis is always well Aaron Rodgers is great enough that he'll overcome anything he'll overcome a bad offense coordinator he'll come overcome a bad head coach who takes the ball out of his hands or he'll overcome the loss of Devonta Adams and and it just seems that you know I really really disappointing yeah he's got Cobb but like you know they were talking about today what what Cobb got targeted 13 times Randall Cobb is way too old to be targeted 13 times and to be the primary go-to guy, even when you have guys like Lazard and, and the two-headed monster at running game. It just seems for me, the Packers in the NFC are definitely one of the really disappointing teams. Well, and at the same time, too, on you know, touching on that, 
Like, where's Randall Cobb at when he when he's you know on the field catching these balls? Is he down the field? Is he you know 15, 25 yards down the field? No, it's always like five yard, three yard dink and dunks. He's he's th- those are the kind of you know little button hooks that he's he's kind of running along, and that's where we're also kind of seeing Aaron Rodgers. He's not really airing it out as much anymore. You know, he's not he's not the air there and Aaron Rodgers, if you know what I'm saying. It's more like non Aaron Rodgers, you know. So he it's in game manager. He's playing game manager football as a Packer right now. And the, the team just is very surprising. I would agree. That's the most surprising thing. Also, along with that, the fact that the NFC East has an undefeated team and two one-loss teams, that's incredibly surprising. So I would, I would agree. I would agree as well. I would. So definitely. he, I, I'm, I'm not sure if you were able to see some of his throws this, this morning, pal. And that was probably really 6 30 in the morning. Uh, for you to get up to watch the game. <laughs> but, like, I remember Aaron Rodgers, like, specifically from Super Bowl against the Steelers. He was throwing the ball inside of, like, windows that are, like, you know that mm-hmm. little tiny window on the car? It was, like, especially, like, a lot of old cars. It's, like, a little very tiny. It, what, it doesn't serve a purpose. It's just, like, why is this little very tiny football-shaped window right here? Yeah. Like, he was throwing it through those type of windows. And now, you know, it, he, you know, I don't want to get too carried away, but like a big stained glass window, some of those windows, he's not throwing it in those windows. Now is Devante Adams uh, to blame because he got kind of, uh, you know, lazy over the last few years because it was either one-on-one with whoever wasn't guarding Devante Adams, or if he made a bad throw to Devante Adams, Devante Adams, you know, could, easily make the play now like i mean that that could be just aging but i feel like rogers just isn't throwing it in the windows anymore and these receivers are nowhere near good enough to make the windows bigger for him yeah and and i think like the one thing that doesn't get made you know enough noise around is the fact that yeah the packers will be number one in their division sometimes number one in the conference and they're going into the um playoffs as such but I want to say, like, a lot of the time, the Packers are very underwhelming in, in the playoffs. And it goes to show it's because he's been playing game managing football for a little bit now. And more and more, it's easier to figure out. And at the same time, like, you know, we talk about Tom Brady as the marvel that he is being able to play at this age. Right. And like a part of that is, is like, you don't see that ever often. And Aaron Rodgers is, is pushing, you know, that side where he's getting closer to 40. And he's playing in Green Bay. And the thing is, he's taken harder hits in his career, a lot harder hits, spent a lot more time banged up, injured than Brady ever has. So, and that's going to eventually take its toll because, you know, Brady is the outlier here and all that. And speaking about Brady too, I would say that the, the way that Tampa's performed in the NFC is surprising. They barely beat uh, the Falcons today and they almost let the Falcons back in that game. Mariota and them boys. Three touchdowns. I think we had 21. It was 21, nothing at one point and Falcons made the run um, and covered great teams covered. Oh, don't get me started on them Falcons, but the, uh, it, they can't score. And is, is it because of the offensive line? I mean, it doesn't seem, you know, they always talk about, 
you know, in the trenches, but they still have receivers that just can't get open or is it Brady? Is it a combination of everything? Um, man, very man I'm sorry. I, I want to push back. I think Brady, yes, Brady has not looked his best, but I think, um, and maybe this is because I draft him as fantasy and I'm hoping that this happens, but I just think as he gets on, he's just going to get more and more comfortable. And, you know, right. Julio Jones has been out a lot. And in their week one, Julio Jones seemed to be a really good spark plug for them as a good compliment to Mike Evans. Um, so I, I know they've looked underwhelming so far, but also what are they? I mean, you know, I think by the end of the season, they'll be 11 and five. They'll be 12 and four. They'll be where you think they're going to be anyway. And maybe some of that is because a lot of the NFC is not that good. I mean, they got to be good. Well, I was going to say a lot of what matters there is that, yeah, a lot of the NFC is not that good, but their division is just shit. Yeah. Like as much as I'm saying like, yeah, the Falcons are surprising and they're, and they're good. They are. The the Falcons aren't as good as the Panthers and the Panthers aren't as good as the Falcons and the Panthers and the Falcons aren't as right. good as the Saints and the Saints aren't as good as the other two either. And they're all just subpar teams. Like they're not really yeah. bad teams. They're a team that can have a football win here and there, but even by football when I mean like an upset, you know what I mean? So, right. so well, uh, the thing for Brady, I mean, if Brady can go six and oh in that division, which I think it's very, I mean, he's two and oh now, but I mean, you know, it is a long season, but he could very easily go six and oh in that division. And then, I mean, that's halfway to a number one, that's halfway to a, to a first round bye, in my opinion, you know what I mean? Cause mm-hmm. you know, none of us expect the Vikings to keep this up while the right. Eagles look to be the best team and the Cowboys and Giants are looking quality. I still think you'll look up and yeah, the Eagles will win that division or the Cowboys will win the East. And then the Bucks will be the second or the top team, you know, and we'll be back to talking about Brady in, in January and February doing his thing. I don't know. I, I just feel like even yeah, you're right. though they haven't looked good this year, I, I'm not concerned. I think they've got really good receivers. They've got Fournette. They've got a defense that, yeah, everyone everyone's defense looks bad against Patrick Mahomes, but take Patrick Mahomes out and the defenses look pretty good this season. And I just think, you know, I think and, yes, Kappa, what you were saying, it does probably come down to their offensive line and and whether they can protect Tom Brady and give him the extra half a second to get the ball out to his receivers. No, I, I think I think I'm wrong and I think you you guys are right. I, I think it's I think it's the uh like the Lakers three peat effect where we're so bored right now. Yeah. We, we 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 just let's just get to the playoffs and um let's not stutter let's not stumble like i just did but let's just look what let's whoop some ass once we're in the playoffs in the regular season who cares because we're playing the panthers in our own division and baker mayfield out there shitting the ball out 60 times and right. you know getting getting 127 yards yeah when it's when it's, it's, it's somehow tom brady always looks out where he's in a division now that he's with baker mariota and Taysom Hill, sometimes, sometimes Jameis Winston, you know, it, you got a bunch of different guys there. And, and, yeah. And the Sorry. other thing I just want to say also with, 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 with Tampa Bay is, yeah, they let Atlanta back in the game, but they won. They are three and two. They are leading that division. They're still like, I know, like. I would be much more down on the Bucks had they lost today. You know, somehow Tom Brady always seems to just get that victory anyway, even when he plays less than 100. percent You know. Sorry for that. Turn the little turn of the page. Little, little let's turn get, of the let's, page. Yeah, let's get it. Speaking of turn of the page. Ready.
Let's let's get into second down territory a little bit here with uh with some of the league standings. And we've kind of already touched on this, how we have a lot of teams that are kind of in the similar tier. And we had mentioned it a little bit when we were kind of discussing, you know, our Lopics going into this. We're seeing a lot of teams that are, are kind of around 500, a lot of around three and two, two and three. Uh, not necessarily too many bad teams. The Raiders are like one of the only teams with like one win and the Commanders. I think it's safe to say that at, at for the Raiders... I'm not really willing to say they're an actual terrible or bad team just yet because they do have some talent, but I think it's safe to say that the Commanders are just a terrible, awful football team, which, thank goodness, they deserve it. Well, the, I'm confused about the the uh, the commies. Um, they have some really quality young wide receivers, but they have Carson Wentz. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, I, I don't have any huge love for their coach, but I almost feel like he got stuck with Carson Wentz, like, you know, waiting for Carson Wentz to to to, to show something that Carson Wentz doesn't show. Um, you know, I think uh, so. Yeah, I'm not I'm not actually surprised. They do seem to have some talent um, in the wide receivers, especially with a couple of the draft picks they got. But. Yeah, I think when you have cards when it's thrown to you, it, it doesn't really matter. You'll you yeah, you'll you'll make a couple of plays here and there, but but you won't necessarily be able to sustain it. I mean, you yeah. know. young kids are balling out, but they just, you know, making great catches, but they, they just can't mm-hmm. sustain it. I think that kind of goes with the uh same for the uh for the Steelers. Their young receivers are making this, you know, great plays and they're they're just getting, you know, trounced. Um but yeah. uh, their, their defense, the Steelers' defense is so awful. Their team, that was, I, I, that's like, nuts that they let Zappy just zap them all over the field. That's actually one of my league surprises too. Uh, was was that kid that Belichick like is thriving right now because as an underdog, you know he's loving this and that scheme he put together today was just crazy. Oh man, the, the Lions had how did they they went and got shut out after having like four hundred and five points through two weeks. It, like they, I'm exaggerating. They're not. Don't right. trust my stats and info. But you get it. Like no, yeah, they, they were crazy. They put, they put up like what 45 points through each of those games, like through three of those games. It, it was like 45 per game or something. Like they, well, not exactly, but you get it. They they were scoring at when at will, and Belichick just shuts them shuts them down. Yeah, I mean, but I, I don't know. I mean, I I've been surprised by Dan Campbell. He he's he's turned out to be a better coach than I expected. Um, and his teams play hard, but I also wonder how much of that is when your defense is that awful. You have to go out there and throw the ball. You have to go be. You have to be slinging the pill around because you can't. You're not going to win 14-12. You're going to have to win 45-42 or whatever. You know, like that kind of thing. Um, so that's what I wonder. Some of the some of the tire. You know, whether the Lions just ran into <laughs> Belichick, who's like, yeah, no, I'll stop you this week, and it won't matter. Like I don't know. Can't always be in Belichick also in- has Jared Goff's number. He knows how to shut Jared Goff down. Oh yeah, from that Super Bowl, yeah. Oh, it was a little revenge game, huh? Super yeah, Bowl, maybe. even going back early, they played earlier in that that same season too, and I'm pretty sure the Rams got shut out by by the Pats too. And everybody was questioning them as well. Huh. Yeah, I think there was um somebody the the last three. Uh, it's a nonsensical stat. Don't worry. Cut. Well, I, I was gonna say. Um, speaking of parody, 
the the division that has like the strangest parity, I forget it's in the AFC. I want to say the AFC South, the division with the Jags, Texans, Titans, and the Colts. It's like a smorgasbord of like who's trying to compete to be a terrible but also a five hundred. Yeah, you know what I mean, the, the, the Texans are actually surprisingly a lot better. I, I think I put actually I had written Houston down and I forgot to mention them. They're a lot better than what everyone thought. I want to say Lovey Smith and them boy and them boys, huh? Yeah, yeah you've got a, you've got them at one. Stu's favorite tie, where they have one, three, and one. You've got the Jags at two and three, the Colts at two, two and one, um, and the the Titans at at two and uh, at three and two. Yeah, it's like a you know, but in many ways, then you look go around AFC North, Bengals two and two, Ravens two and two. That will change. Cleveland two and three, Pittsburgh one and four. So many of these divisions are just you know. Having teams where just I mean you've got the AFC East where New England is under five hundred, you know they haven't been good since since they've sort of lost Brady. But again, you've got so many divisions where everybody's got two wins, three wins, two wins, three wins, two wins, three wins. It's just uh, other than the Eagles, it's pretty much like parity around the league. There's really no you know even Kansas City loses to a to a to a team they shouldn't necessarily lose to even even when you know. That was a little bit of an outlier, though, and I think the the Chiefs had one of those at the Dolphins as well. Yeah, no, 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 totally. I, I, I actually do think the Chiefs are the class of the AFC, but it's just interesting that, you know, every single team sort of has, you know, a black mark. Even the Bills, you know, the Dolphins were able to shut them down for at least, you know, a good portion of the game. The Ravens defense last week, did good for a while until the end where they, you know, finally gave it up. So even like the teams we think are going to be good aren't necessarily head and shoulders above, you know, where we've seen them to be previously. Yeah. And the transitive, the transitive property doesn't work with, you know, this team beat this team or that team beat this team. And so this team should beat that team. You know, like, I mean, it's kind of how college had been and it, it feels like the NFL for a while you could, you know, you do that, but each literally each week we have a team that like was shut out the week before and they, they couldn't move the ball, you know, two feet. And um, now this week they put up, you know, 49 points. Yeah. Um, it's real like a week to week league. And I, I, a lot of that I think is contributed to injuries other than just, you know, particular matchups because, you know, matchups are key you know, styles that clash or whatever. And, you know, um, you know, one week you're one week, you can just score to defense the next week you can't. So you suck. And, but I think a lot of it, you know, you lose one little key piece to injury. And I mean, it, it kind of feels like each week, each team's losing a piece. And so then then they got to take a week to adjust. And then by the time they finally, you know, get it going, then we're, we're in January and everybody's, you know, trying to figure out how to, you know, whoever can avoid the, the the most injuries kind of wins, and so that's that's how the parity's been lately. I feel, um, other than just everybody has a really good hyped up quarterback. Well, and I think with all the information and everything we know, and I'm not going to make this about you know because there's been plenty of people and more qualified people who've talked about concussions, um, but everything that's been surrounding you know concussions in the NFL and how they're changing the protocols. Right away, I think what's contributing to the parity is they're. Dudes are now rightfully so being held out of games because they shouldn't be in there. But and at the same time, what we're seeing is is uh, I, I wanted to make a point. Like I don't know if you guys seen, have seen the movie Concussion, 
But in the movie Concussion, they talk about the amount of force it takes to cause a concussion because, you know, your brain isn't being held together by anything. So when it slams against your skull, you know, it doesn't take that much force. And, you know, he makes it in Will Smith, you know, makes it known that like or his character that plays the doctor <laughs> that discovers these not not Will Smith himself um, <laughs> makes it known that like essentially almost on every play, there's just enough force to cause a concussion and you may not just even know it, it doesn't take like a something to see it. So the fact that they're playing these games on Thursdays, you're seeing a ton of like guys just getting taken off the field, uh, stumbling, not being able to walk on Thursday nights and getting in these, you know, really bad concussions because their body and their brain trauma hasn't healed week to week like it should be. Or I mean, not in, right. even then that's not enough time but they you know what i'm trying to say like it's it's more time than what they typically than what they have now right and i mean i even go i'll go look for a second jets dolphins game today first play of the game jets yeah. rookie corner blitz knocks out or, or knocks down bridgewater he goes into concussion protocol they say he actually passed the protocol, but they held him out anyway. And he was out for the rest of the game. And the Dolphins played everything but the first play of the game with their third string quarterback, having already lost Tua and then he lost Bridgewater. And that just seems to be that, like, I don't know what of that was, you know, them trying to be extra careful given what had happened with Tua. But I mean, they, I think they have the to be given the, the perception with what happened with Tua. They, they, they're like, you know what, even. Yeah, but they said on the broadcast that. In the end, I mean, this was later it, mm-hmm. within the game. They said that Bridgewater actually did pass the concussion, the concussion protocol, but they were just like, no, they were just like, well, so- they've, they, well, that's part of the issue is, is they're trying to review what the protocol is now in season because they're just realizing the protocol doesn't work. These guys will have concussions and still pass the protocol time and time again. Well, yes, so- we heard this. I mean, last week. A lots of lots of former players were on, you know, ESPN or Fox Sports or whatever, talking about how they would dumb, you know, everyone gets a baseline test and they would dumb down their baseline answers to then turn around and and be able to more easily pass the test when they got tested in the game. Mm-hmm. And that's even just for like the wide receivers, the running backs, and you know, the quarterbacks. The linemen are smashing their faces together on every single play for the whole game, but. You know, let's not let's not go down the concussion concussion path directly too much. But I think it's a fair point about how injuries are causing such a uh, a parity you know, in the league. Yeah, uh, they are causing a, a huge amount of parity across the league. Well, sp- okay, so the, so since there is such a parity, we're seeing that there's not really too many bad teams. Lots of average teams with a similar record, close to 500. But there is, you know, teams that we can see that are potential Super Bowl favorites. So this we're going to go right now to third and goal a little bit, gentlemen, with some for, with a, a segment Capo likes to call, are they for real or for real for real? So third we want to... What was that, Cap? Third and goal. You like third and goal? <laughs> I did a third and goal. Third and goal! And then he asked me what... Oh, do it, do it. Uh, let's know. I, I need one right now just so I can clip that and, and use that for future sounds. So go ahead, Cap. Oh, I really like the banter. That was funny. Third and goal. Oh, hold on. That was terrible. Third and goal. Oh, that was even worse. All right. Let's five more tries. Third and goal. There you go. Take that one.
Perfect. Excellent. So let me let me throw out a couple choices for the from the AFC here for you guys just to see what you think and then I'll give I'll give my take also. But you know, I think two of the the top doogies that we're seeing here, Chiefs and Bills. Are the Chiefs and Bills for real? Or are they for real for real? Ant will go with you first. What do you, I'm what gonna do you think? say I'm gonna say they're for real for real. I think um both those teams have shown that they have high powered offenses, but they also, when it comes down to it, they can win on a close game when they need to make a play either offensively or defensively. Um, I think they've shown that they could do it even this early on in the season. You know, and and the Bills defense has been touted as one of the best defenses in football. And I think it's been number one rated uh, for DVOA the first couple weeks. But to me, even the Chiefs defense looks like one that when they need to make a play, they can. You know, they played Tom Brady in the Bucks previous week. And while Tom Brady had one of his better games of the season, they were still holding them down, not really breaking, bending a little bit. And so for me, both those teams are for real, for real. And I'll go a step further. To me, there's no other team in the AFC that's remotely close to for real, never mind for real, for real. Whoa, that's a huge take. Because I had a couple teams that I was going to ask us here, uh, just like rapid fire. I was going to ask, are the Dolphins – I don't think the Dolphins are for real, for real. Uh, we'll see them, you know, if they get healthy, whatever, but are they for, at least for real? But you're saying you don't even think teams are remotely for real. Let's see what Cap says real quick. So I I feel like the Chiefs are for real, for real. I am concerned about their defense in the playoffs once we get there because there is no Tyreek Hill to uh, back them up. Uh, the Bills are definitely for real, for real, but they they're – their defense is really banged up, and if they don't get anybody back by the playoffs, that's going to be their Achilles heel. Um, they're only one or two more pieces away on the defense from if they lose them from not being for real, for real. Um, other than them two, I feel like maybe the Dolphins are for real, for real, and after that, nobody else is. The Dolphins' speed jumped off the TV to me. That's very true. I was watching them against the Ravens. Even when we were winning, and I say we as in the Ravens, they were, it was like, we can't stop them at all. Stop scoring so fast. Because Tyreek and Waddle are the same exact player, just then you have literally two of them. How many teams are going to be able to stop that? The speed with the running backs, most are he just got a few touchdowns today. Let them get healthy, and the Dolphins are for real, for real. Wow. So, okay, I have that written down right here too. So I, I'm just gonna further, uh, you know, expand on my take. My issue is I don't think the Dolphins can be without Tua healthy, and I don't know that we're gonna see a healthy Tua the rest of the season. Um, Ooh, I think. I, I, look, I could be wrong. I could totally be wrong. I just don't no. know what. <laughs> Two was just starting to get his footing, I felt like, and he hasn't – I mean, I just don't know where he's going to be. The only other team I might throw in there is the Ravens because they have Lamar Jackson, which to me, I know we're comparing him to, you know, to, to Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, but to me, 
You know, Lamar Jackson's a cheat code, so maybe they could sneak their way up there, but I'm not confident in the Bengals. I'm not confident in the Broncos or the Raiders. I don't expect either of them to win more than five games each. I think they're trash. I think I don't respect the Chargers either. They're chargering left and and right. The Chargers, they just seem to me too up and down. I, I just don't know. So that's why I look at the AFC and look, my Jets, as Pal talked about early on in this podcast. They have some skill position players, and I can't remember the last time I had a team where I can look at it as a fan and say, these guys have skill position players. But even them, they are. They totally are, and they're probably going to continue to do relatively well. But at some point, all the young guys will probably wake up and realize they're young guys and won't be able to continue to do this. So that's why I look at the AFC and I say, you've got Buffalo, you've got Kansas City, head and shoulders above everybody else. You've got the Ravens, which have a cheat code in Lamar Jackson, but that's about all they have. Um, they've got no defense. And to me, everybody else is trash. To me, everybody else is really just, you know, like we talked about in second down and nine. All the parity we have going on throughout the league. The week leading up to Ravens uh, Jets, week one, um, I remember hearing uh, Coach Salah, Salah, however you pronounce it. I'm yeah, sorry. He, either way, he said we're not something about, and I, you know, I'm not, I'm misquoting him, but it's something about basically, yeah, they're tough, <laughs> we're fucking tougher. That's what I got. That's the vibe I got, and. I was like, oh, okay. And Ravens is supposed to be tough defense. They're supposed to be tough, you know, the, the thought of them. Yeah. Uh, however, the you know, the notion, oh, yeah, it's Ravens this, Ravens that. They're, you know, they're tough, whatever. The Jets were tough. They, they were a solid team. They were aggressive. Uh, it, I mean, even though the game, like you had Joe in there, but Joe just could not get out of the way. And he, like he he couldn't run, and they just they they knew Joe couldn't run, and they they kind of just took advantage of it, and that's how the Ravens ended up winning that game. Um, but if it was if you guys had you know Zach Wilson in there, I think it would have been a little different. Um, the Jets are a tough team, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do sneak into the playoffs this year. I, I agree. I think I think they could. I think you know they, in some of the post game we're talking about today. Ravasala was like, yeah, some of our young guys, they just go for it and they don't know they're not supposed to go for it. They don't know they're not, you know, they're rookies. Sauce Gardner just doesn't care. He's like, I'm going to go try to make the play. I'm, you know, and if, and if I'm going to get burned, I'm going to get burned being aggressive, which as a Jet fan, it's something I've always disliked. The team always seems to be passive. Um, and now we finally have an aggressive team. But even still, I don't think, you know, I look at the AFC and like I said, I think most of the teams are trash. So let me throw it to you, pal, for the NFC. Who are you looking at as for real? You believe in the Eagles? You believe in the Cowboys? Well, I for think real for real. I or? think it starts honestly with those two teams, in my opinion. I think the Cowboys and the Eagles, I'm going to say it right now, are for real, for real. These are two very for real, for real teams. The I'm not so sure about the Giants because the Giants, they're, you know, we skill positions are everything in today's NFL. And they just don't have that at receiver. And their defense is so young and inexperienced, and it's still relatively easy to score on them. And quite frankly, you know, this isn't some – like I don't typically have uh, – I haven't had Cowboys bias in a long time, and I don't have it now. That, that defense that they have is for real. 
Like they have three dudes that are just causing havoc on the pass rush every time. It's not just Parsons. It's also Lawrence. And it's, they have this guy Armstrong today too, who was the one that like caused the sack fumble that led to the touchdown. He caused the, the block fumble that, that they ended up recovering uh, right after that. Like he, they have a great defense. For me with the Cowboys, I would say they're for real. I don't know that they're for real, for real. And the reason I say that is, and this is a point that Dominique Foxworth brought up on his one of his podcasts, was their offensive coordinator is coaching very differently with Cooper Rush than he ever did with Dak Prescott. With yeah. Dak Prescott, he would lean so heavily on Dak to go out and make a play, either the Cooper or the Lamb or Gallup or, you know. And now he's much more relying on the defense and the running game to really be able to make Cooper rush, not lose you the game. Well, I think, I I think since they've developed a little bit of an identity, I think, you know, they, hopefully we see them kind of adapt their offense a little bit more when Dak comes back and they don't kind of fall back into, you know, a stage of letting Dak cook, because I think that, you know, like you said, they, they, they have found a good mix. And the thing is with Cooper rush, He's making very smart and safe throws. And with Dak, I think once you have him back out there, that's when you're going to get a lot of explosion back into this offense if they can keep the running game the way they've had it. Because the one thing I think that's been beneficial to them is they found a better mix with giving Pollard the ball because he has just been running all over the place. And even today, he had like a big 50-yard touchdown run. It was amazing. It was incredible. So, so. I dropped him in a league, and then he had that huge long run, and I was just like, "Yeah, of course, that's how that works." Uh, I don't, I don't want us to to kind of uh, wait, wait, uh, wait, Capo. Before but before we jump off the Cowboys, I just want to say Dak Prescott will lose his first two games when he returns, and he will be zero and three, and Cooper Rush will be four and zero, and then I think it'll be very interesting. Oh, you know what they, you know what they say when you have two quarterbacks. Well, Cooper Rush is technically five and zero, right? Yes. Ooh. Yeah, he's five and zero now. Yeah. Um, so. so. But anyway, continue, Capo. I, the, speaking of Cowboys, you know, you got to talk about Eagles because are the Eagles, the Eagles, are you for real? But come on and beat somebody. I mean. That's my that's my other for real, for real team is the Eagles. I'm not sure if they are, though. They haven't beat anybody. I mean, the, they beat the Cardinals today. Uh, woohoo. But they, they beat the they beat Kirk Cousins. I mean, maybe. They shut down uh, Jefferson, though, when they played the Vikings very yeah. handedly, like yeah, super impressively. Their defense is really stacked also. Like you could tell how good a team is based on defense and offensive line play. And I think the most shocking thing about the Cowboys, besides, you know, that they have a top five defense, their offensive line is actually pretty banged up and they have rookies in there. And those rookies are stepping up big time. And like one of the guys that they have in at left tackle, um, you know, in there for their pro bowler, he's just getting out on the run and he's really agile. And that's what he's a, he's a good uh, run blocker for, for Zeke and for Pollard. So I think that's, what's also helping out the run game too, but offensive line defense. Yeah. The Eagles have, they're stacked at that. I think uh, next week's game is going to, going to tell us a lot, you know, especially, I'm not sure is Dak maybe coming back for next week. Did I did I did I not uh, hear you say that earlier? Or I, I thought the expectation was he was coming back for next week, but um, 
If not, I get the, the thing I would say about the Eagles is they've beaten everybody they faced, you know, yep. and, and and it's not like, you know, we were talking about Tampa Bay letting Atlanta back in the game. They haven't had many games where they've like, oh, you should have won by three touchdowns here and you won by, you know, six points. They, well, they sort of they played consistently solid and Jalen Hurts has played consistently solid all the games, whether he's yeah. facing a crappy defense like the Lions or, you know, a team with a better defense like the Vikings or some of the other teams he faced. So, Well, when it comes to the Jags, like, I thought the weather had a lot to do giving the Eagles a hand winning that game, which is crazy because considering how the Jags performed today, like, the Eagles should have been able to handle them, but they struggled. Maybe they struggled because of the rain them- itself too. But uh, I think that, uh, that – let's see. Do, is there any other NFC teams that we see maybe being for real for real? I'll put Tampa because you can't count Tom Brady out and I you know care about us all in the for real category, but I don't know if they're for real for real because their injuries are catching up to them quite a bit. And yeah, it, it, like, it's like Capo said, it's that Lakers three-peat effect. Like they're on the tail end of being so successful so deep into the playoffs that it's kind of catching up to them a little bit. So I'm putting them in the for real category. Let me look at who we have else in the I, NFC. Yeah, I mean, I look at like, I mean, look at the West. The Niners, I don't think, are that, even though they're playing well, even though their defense mm-hmm. is another hungry, young defense going out and making plays. They don't have the offense. Um, they don't have the offense. You know, I mean, yeah, could they win that division? Probably, because I don't think the Cardinals are good. Um, the Seattle Seahawks, I think, are a decent team. I think Geno Smith and his couple wideouts can, can, can make some noise as far as the division goes. But beyond that, I don't see much. I don't Viking, think the Rams I don't think, are doing anything. I, I don't think the Rams I, I, are doing you know. anything, and I don't think the Vikings are for real, quite frankly. No, I, I you the know, way the Eagles know. handled them, I just and I think I just think the Vi- when it comes to them in prime time, Kirk Cousins I, in prime time. I've said enough I, on I our network, enough already. At, yeah, I can't enough. look at Kirk Cousins. And, and just to jump back a second, I think one other thing about the Bucks is they should win that division pretty easily, even though Atlanta has looked better than we expected. Carolina's butt awful. New Orleans is mediocre at best. So they're going to roll that division easily. And like I said, I said this earlier, likely end up with, you know, with, with the number two seed in the NFC and they'll be poised to have all their, you know, all their playoff games at home. And, you know, I think they're going to, so yeah, for me, I agree. To me, Eagles are for real, for real. Cowboys and Bucks are for real and everybody else is sort of lumped together, but. I, so I feel like I feel like I I don't want to call it yet for Eagles or Cowboys, but we can. This will be our first for real for real matchup of the week: Cowboys versus Eagles. I would. Yeah. Agree. So let's let's get into our our final uh, lopic here. Let's let's score a touchdown. Touchdown. Let's score a touchdown. Here, as they say, with with our buddies. Touchdown. Right, Cap? Yeah. Fourth down. Perfect. Excellent. Uh, And let's talk about some uh, prediction. Way too early wagers that we have that we'd like to predict. And I guess since we're on the Cowboys and Eagles, we could start there. Who do we got next week with Cowboys, Eagles? Let's start with you, Capo. We got them on Sunday Night Football. Okay. Who what who's home who's the home team? I don't have the schedule in front of me. The Eagles are the home team. 
So the Eagles, so I'm guessing I'm guessing the line might. Don't the Cowboys be, have a win streak against the Eagles right now, like six games straight or something? Though, I, is it that much? I think they do have a streak, but I didn't know. I didn't know. I think it, it might be like much. six games. And I'm guessing the way too early lines, maybe Eagles minus five and a half. You know, they they get the three points. You know, for being the home team, and then maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I was thinking four and a half, but you might be right. You you, you might be right. It might be five and a half. I feel um, like. I feel like the Cowboys defense is really going to give Jalen Hurts his first true test of the season, much more than anyone else he's played so far, even though he played some quality teams. So Jalen Hurts has the Lamar effect where you might chase him, you might get him, but he might do some magic and he, and he might end up covering. But I think in this, I think in this case, I, I feel like I'm, I would take Cowboys and the points because that defense is good and, if the Eagles do win, I feel like it might only be by field goal. So, so what do you got, Cal? What do you got, pal? What's your what's your thought for that? I was uh, I was thinking about the the same thing too because some of the quarterbacks the Cowboys have faced they've been a little bit taller guys, so it's been easier for them to see a little bit more of the pressure coming, and they've been able to kind of get away from it. But I think with how small the pocket's going to be and how much they're going to rush and the way the the you know this it's a game of matchups. I think that the way the Dan Quinn has that the Cowboys swarming to the ball and just swarming all over the field in general. I'm going to take the Cowboys here against the Eagles. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb, then go the other way. And I may be able to report live from the game next week. I'm not sure. I may, I may head down to Philly. Buddha. I, I got a buddy who's got some connections at the Eagles and I may head down to, to, to watch the game because I think a few days in. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I think the Eagles are for real, for real. And I think between Sanders and Smith and their tight end Godert and Brown, that their offense is just going to be a little bit too much for the Cowboys defense because I just don't have confidence yet in the Cowboys offense. So I'm going to take the Eagles and I'm going to give you the points. I'll give you both the points. Okay. Okay. All right, so let's move on to our, our second here uh, game of, of three. We got the Bills and the Chiefs. Are the Bills uh, in? Are they in Kansas City? Ant, is that where this game is going to be taking place at? Yeah, the game is in Kansas City. It, the game is in Kansas City, and the way too early line. Let me see if I can find it. I don't think I have, nope. I don't think I have the line. I was going to say similar to what what sort of Capo said about the other game that we're probably looking at. Chiefs minus maybe five because you'll get a couple for the home field and you know and then a couple because I think the Chiefs are just a little bit better th- than the Bills. Um, and Chiefs I'll start. Really and, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, al- although uh, please someone better can keep an eye on Davis because he's just Gabriel Davis is just. He had such amazing. an insane catch today. Amazing. That, oh, t- that yeah, touchdown that, catch that touchdown was he just like put fucking the, he, nuts. He, his hand seemed to come out of nowhere and just like perfectly just cradle that ball in. So um, that's all said. I'm going to take the Chiefs. I'm going to continue to bet on Patrick Mahomes until you show me otherwise. Although I do feel like a lot of times the Chiefs don't cover their spreads. I just... I seem to have faith in them and and hope that uh, that will be. So I'll take the Chiefs and I'll give the points. Capo, what do you got? So I'm taking all all the overs, and <laughs> I, I'm taking the Bills 
to win, but I'm feeling that the game's going to be, and I'm talking maybe like 51-49. Like that might even be a scoregami. Like I feel like both teams might reach 50. It's going to be an insane game. Put yeah. the kids to bed, standing up time, all the cliches. I think that the Chiefs have something to prove. Are they? What's crazy is both of these teams have something to prove. And I feel like the Chiefs, like the way Patrick Mahomes played against Tampa last week is what's going to end up being the nail uh, in the coffin here for the Bills in this matchup. And I'm taking the Chiefs because of this reason. Even though, like, the Bills have been on a tear lately since they lost to Miami. The Chiefs lost to the Colts. So usually when you give up two games like the, like they both lost – you know they're going to be hungry now to not really lose again in the near, in the near future, but it's just such a tough matchup. We have two great games here, and I, but I'm going with the Chiefs. And so I'm going to apologize. I was able to find a line. The over is 54, the over under, and it's Chiefs minus one. Wow, I was way off with my thoughts. So even more so, <laughs> I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. And so uh, you know. Yeah, I think I agree with Kevin. It's gonna be it's gonna be super high score, and they're gonna be both firing. Both teams are gonna come out like crazy. They're gonna put some of their best stuff on display. I love that it's week six game must prove game. Like you got to prove something. It's week six. Like mm-hmm. there's still four more weeks left, and I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah, Cap. That, that's right. Okay, so let's get into our game. And this game is actually interesting because we had the topic in the NFC of for real and for real, for real. And we didn't bring this team up specifically because we were going to bring them here to end the topic. Now, the Ravens are a team that I think we can all agree on that we think are on the cusp of being for real, for real. And in order to kind of solidify that, they're going to have to win this game. But their opponents – are trying to get into the category of just merely for real, and that's the Giants. So I'll start off here, then we'll go Ant and Cap, since this is your team, we'll finish off with you. I'm going to take in this game the Ravens. I think the Ravens have, you know, had some losses that they feel like they could have won, that being the Bills and the Dolphins, and they're going to say enough is enough, and they're going to show Daniel Jones and uh, them boys what's up. Yeah, so I'm going to have to agree with you. Um, I also think the Ravens are going to win this are going to win this week uh, over the or next week over the Giants. Um, I would like to say, though, Brian Dayball can coach. Brian Dayball Mm -hmm. has taken a team Mm -hmm. that the last couple years has looked very unsure of themselves, not respectable, making stupid mistakes, making mental errors. And he's cleaned that up pretty quickly. I mean, between between Joe Judge, who talked about we're gonna, you know, fight to the whistle and all this other bullshit, and and Gettleman as your GM, they were just very much a wayward team. And 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 Brian Dable is coming and sort of written that uh, written, not as in, but righted that ship, and has sort of brought them back to respectability. But I also do think. I think Lamar Jackson, like I said earlier, is a cheat code, and 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 I'm going to take the Ravens and give the points. Gapo, fourth down. I don't like doing the homer pick, but I have to in this game because of a few reasons. Wink Martindale is the new defensive coordinator for the Giants, which was the Ravens' former defensive coordinator who had the defense at like 
the first, you know, first rated defense one year, second, and then first another year, like the three previous years before all the injuries last year. Um, so like, but he would drop, uh, he would drop, you know, defensive ends in coverage way more than anybody wanted. He didn't blitz as much. I guess he was relying on our DBs, um, even though our, some of our secondary was kind of weak. Um, he really didn't like the blitz here. He is blitzed, I think, the third most in the NFL with the Giants this year. Um, so it's a revenge game, uh, so to speak, because they they parted ways, you know, Amma, Amma, uh, they agreed to part ways. Uh, I will never try to say that. <laughs> <way>. <laughs> and uh, I, I feel as if the Giants not having wide receivers, like big time wide receivers, the Ravens have went against some very good offensives already. So going against the Giants right now might be a downgrade. And I look, I look as it is maybe like a get right game for the Ravens. Uh, although I do feel the Giants will be for real, for real. Excellent. Thank Thank you, Cap. I think that summed it up very well. And and I think Ant wanted to do one last one before we wrap up this pod here. And I, I think, just wanted it, it is an interesting one. So let, let's see here, Cap. I mean, Cap Ant. I I do think one other team we forgot to talk about before in the NFC when we talked about teams that could be for real is the Packers. And I, I think if you're a Packers fan, you have to be disappointed losing to the Giants today. Um, maybe some of that is the Giants and that they are a for real team. We'll, we'll find out more next week when they play the Ravens. But I think, you know, the Packers against the Jets, I think is a very interesting game because, you know, looking at, for realer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, in many ways, look, I'm a lifelong Jet fan. Um, it's one of the things that's kind of hard for me to give up. Um, I'm kind mm-hmm. of like Stu. I just, I just put up with the, the, the beatings every week. Um, and this is a game, if it's the same old Jets, that they'll go out and lose by 35 points. However, <laughs> I just don't know that I look at the Packers as a for real team. You know, they're probably better than the than the Vikings, even though the Vikings are four and one right now and they're only three and two. Um, neither the Bears nor the Lions or anything in that division. And so I wonder if we're overlooking the Packers, but I think I think it's a tough one because I think it's shown Devonta Adams is much more important to Aaron Rodgers, at least early on in the season, than a lot of people suspected. A lot of people think Rodgers will just do Roger things and everything will be fine. So given that the line is Packers minus seven and a half, I'm going to take the Jets in those points and two fingers crossed and really expect that the Jets will show that they might actually possibly could be maybe for real and that the Packers <laughs> and Aaron will show that, yeah, he's just not for real anymore. Capo? Um, I, I think the opposite of what we felt about the Buccaneers with them being bored I feel like we are bored with the Packers because we're like, yeah, you you were really great, and you know you were mid in the in the uh, NFC Championship game, and so now you have this mid AS team, and it's just like, well, what are you gonna do with it, Rogers? You know, throw throw the cob fifteen times. Go ahead, I dare you. You know, <laughs> I feel like we're kind of bored with them, so uh, you know that's why I don't think anybody's gonna make them for real. 
So who are you picking? No Jets. Wow. Jets. And I think we're gonna I think we're gonna have our second sweep of the night because I'm also going with the Jets because I just don't think the Packers are for real. I think the Jets are more for re- I think they're for realer than uh the Packers in this sense because we talked about the skill positions. The only question you have is that quarterback and is in if the they play very passive, the Packers. They're a very passive team. They play it very safe. We already talked about how aggressive Salah and the Jets are. And I think we're going to see that aggression come out. And that's why I'm also picking the Jets. I'm big right. on salt. Love, love salt. Yeah, yeah. Um, Randall Cobb's going to get lost in the sauce next week. Uh, um, and, you know, we're going we're gonna to see some good things. Fingers crossed. Yeah. All so- right. So that that's going to wrap it up for this week. This is Zero Coverage. We are the Legion of Zoom. And we'll catch you next week. Enjoy the NFL. Touchdown. Game over.